Glory to God. Good morning. How are you? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We just praise you. Hallelujah. A couple of things uh, this morning that we want to talk about before we jump in. Uh, number one, uh, Impact. Uh, we'll have Impact University. If you're not familiar with that, uh, we have a university uh, here where people are getting their bachelor's, their associates, their bachelor's, and their master's. And uh, that's every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 9. In January, we will have our spring intake. So if somebody's interested in that, uh, make sure uh, that you talk to Deb. Or There's Deb behind the camera today. Hello, Deb. And uh, so make sure that you talk to her about joining Impact if you're interested. Also, two weeks from today will be our Holy Spirit weekend and our Holy Spirit service. So uh, two weeks from a couple of days ago on Friday, we'll have the Friday night prayer. That'll be from 6 p.m. to midnight, and we'll pray. If there's ever a time that we need to be praying, it's now. Uh, the day after, on Saturday, we'll have our soul winning Saturday at 1 p.m. We'll meet here. Uh, the last few times we, we've gone out, there's been over 30 people that have gone out to win uh, souls. And we've, I think we've won over 50 people each time. We're like over 200 in the first three times we did it. And uh, people coming to the Lord in Jesus' name. We're right at 2,000 uh, people that have committed to Christ this year even with the lockdown that's a heart for souls like god has a heart for souls so even with the lockdown we have over two you know we'll i want us to go over i, I really would love for us to have over 2020 in 2020 I'm, i was thinking about that this morning but uh and then i got something special for you sounds like this is a little bit loud but uh, i have something special for you so you ready awesome on december 20th which is a Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas, we are going to have a special Christmas service. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have gifts for every child that's here. Uh, we're going to have some giveaways, and it's going to be a family time. We're going to have food uh, and snacks after service and have a big fellowship. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we want you to invite people. Next week, we're going to put uh, invites in your hand, and we want you to invite people. Don't just invite people that already are going to church. Find, find, you know some people that are not going to church. Find those people and invite them and let's show them the good news of great joy that the angels spoke about in Luke chapter 2. Jesus, who has saved us from everything. Amen? Amen. And let's be who God's called us to be. And we're going to have a good time. I know just in my heart as I was praying over that, I just you know, foresaw just a Sunday that's just filled with family filled with his goodness, and filled with a lot of joy, and I'm just really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great Sunday morning. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right, now, a couple other things before we jump in today. Uh, one is, uh, after service, a lot of times you may have seen some people that have been scurrying around and getting some stuff set up. If you don't know it, we have a broadcast called Lunch Plus, uh, that we do every single day. Uh, it's on Facebook and YouTube, and uh, we'll, you know, we'll broadcast it. I think it goes to the website as well. 
But one of the things that, that every day at 11.30, from 11.30 to 1, it's a fun broadcast. There's lots of fun segments. And then we have What's the Word? And it's like fresh daily bread every single day. It's really funny because I've, you know, I've had multiple people say, hey, pastor, what about this? And I'll say, man, we just covered that yesterday on the broadcast. I mean, it's right on time. What are you going through? What do you need today? The word tells us, the Bible tells us that his word preached is nutrition to us. And so it's like daily nutrition that we have. Well, after Sunday morning service, we actually get that set set up here. And uh, so what we want to ask is that anybody, uh, we want your help. And we want some hands to help set that up, make it really easy, really fast. It's not a lot to do, especially if, if people are interested in helping out. But it can go really in quite a short period of time just after Sunday morning service so they don't have to have everybody that's able to be here and give to it during the week. They don't have that big task by themselves. Amen? And then last thing, this is a very important one. <laughs> if you have kids in children's ministry, as soon as the service is over, go straight and get your kids. Don't fellowship yet. Get kids, then fellowship. Amen? If you don't, we may go to uh, next door and grab a stray cat, give them, send them home with your kid, and uh, we will give them a large dose of caffeine before we release them into your care. Amen? Glory to God. <laughs> we No, the, the workers back there, uh, and we won't find just any pretty cat. We'll find the mangy one, okay? That's the one we're going to send home with your child. And we're going to give, if, you know, we're going to you know, cause them to long for that cat and, and cause, cause them to long for it and like let them play with it all during children's ministry next week if you don't go get them this week and this will go on perpetually into the future. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. No, there's people back there. They have tons of stuff to do. We clean up very, very big, bigly, muchly, a lot, with lots of, you know, cleaning and, and sanitizing and all kinds of stuff, especially during this season. We do it every week, right? And uh, th so they can't do that until all the children are gone. Plus, they have other stuff to do as well, and they've already been serving. Don't cause them to serve any, any longer. Uh, we love to help and love to serve, but if, if you're sitting in here mingling and they're still working, it's time for you to take the burden back up and go get your kids. In love. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I thought when I pulled in, I saw just a special mangy one specifically for the first one to set an example. So, amen. <laughs> that was fun. The, the leadership team was like, please do this. Please say that. I was like, oh, I will. I will. I will say that. So, amen. All right. So, I'd like for you all to go ahead and hand out those notes. Uh, today, uh, I want you, I'm going to give you a ton of scriptures and what I want is for you not to be writing them all down and searching for them. I want you just to listen. So because of that, uh, I gave you all the scriptures so you can refer back to them later. And, uh, but I really want you to hear 
When I, a lot of times the Lord will have me show you something and kind of prove it by the word, by just the amount and the volume of scriptures that there are on the subject. And uh, today I want you to see that. I want you to see how important this is. And today we're talking about thanks, the power, and the command of thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, I guess a lot of pastors would have preached on Thanksgiving last week before Thanksgiving, but I just had leading all week that we were supposed to do it today. Uh, not let it, see, what happens a lot of times is uh, in America, one of the things that's happened is we actually have turned Thanksgiving just into Turkey Day, right? And we've forgotten why we're having Turkey Day. You know, why we're, you know, Thanksgiving, the turkey is actually a sign that we have to be thankful because God's not forgotten us. God hasn't forgotten us. God has not left us empty-handed. God is a good, good God. And what we need to do is not forget Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, but we also don't need to forget Thanksgiving after it. So for people that have thought about Thanksgiving, they come up and giving thanks to the Lord. They come up and remember it on Thanksgiving Day, but as soon as the day passes, they're into Black Friday and they're into everything else, and they forget to give thanks to God. And do we have something to give thanks over? Every day? In every place? Yeah, we do. We have something to be thankful for all the time. What if it's going bad with you? Should you still be in thanks? What if you're sitting smack dab in the middle of the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death? You're going through, but how should you go through? With thanks. Thanks that you're there? No, thanks that you're going through. That God hadn't forgotten you. That he's already paid a price for your victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I found, I've had the Lord actually bring some stuff up to me before, and he said, I just want you uh, to meditate on thanks. And it's not long before you meditate on thanks, you know, because if you start meditating on thanks or you do just a simple word search in the Bible about thanks, do you know how many scriptures there are about thanks? And thanksgiving, it's a lot. It's a whole bunch. Bukus. It's a bunch. This is not all of them. I just picked certain ones because of something that they said. Thanksgiving is all throughout the Bible, and we're going to look at it a little bit today, and giving thanks and why and how and what it does. We're going we're gonna to look at this today, but one of the things is, when you start doing a search on it, you realize, I'm never supposed to be in a place where I'm not thanking God. Because he says it rains on the just and the unjust. What that means is he's pouring out blessings all the time. And if we start to look at the valley of the shadow of death, instead of looking at God, we'll get stuck in the valley instead of coming through. And many times what this corrupted world has taught us is that we're supposed to complain and talk about all the bad stuff going on instead of giving God for all the good stuff going on. You know, there's a verse you know, that I'll, I'll reference a little bit later on that's in there, James 1.17. 
And, and it talks about every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, God is so good and his love is so perfect and pure towards you that his love will never turn or vary one nth of a degree to the left or to the right. It will just be straight at you. That's his goodness. So either the Bible is telling the truth or it's lying. So is his love pointed at you? It is. It is. The issue is, here's what happens. When we step out of thanks, we stop seeing his goodness. When we step out of thankfulness, we stop seeing actually what every, all he's up to. Every good and perfect gift. See, now, the thing is, we want to apply every good and perfect gift to all the big stuff. You know? Well, we, we were able to, you know, uh, buy a house. Oh, praise God, and we'll thank him for the big stuff, right? But that's not just every, it didn't say every good big gift. No, it says every good and perfect gift. So, for instance, I know they, the prayer they had this morning was just tremendous. Listen, we want your participation. As a part of the body of Boomerang, our, our, it's a house of love and Prayer, we need your supply on Sunday mornings from 8.15 to 9.15 for corporate prayer, line, prayer time, for front lines prayer. We need your participation. Faith, hope, and love, we need you to do it. This morning I, I was watching, it was awesome. They had a great prayer time. One of the things that they were thanking God for right out of the gate was that Nicole had heat when she walked into the building because she didn't like the cold, Right? Well, how many of you are glad that we're not out in the cold having service? Yeah, we have AC and heat. In the summer, we have AC. In the winter, we have heat. And, and it's climate controlled. Is that a gift? Do we have to have that? No, we don't have to have it. It's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. Trust me, when I've gone overseas and there is no AC, I come back, and, and at least for a month, I'm, in, I'm giving thanks to God. Oh, Jesus, thank you for AC. Thank you for AC. Thank you for AC. I like it. I don't like preaching and getting totally soaked down into my shoes. Like, that's not fun. I'll do it, but it's not fun. This is much better. This is much better. It's a gift. How about the fact, just look to the left and to the right. Check out your neighbor. Hey, how you doing, neighbor? Good to see you. Glad to have you today. It, aren't you glad they're wearing clothes? Yeah. <laughs> aren't you glad? That's a gift. <laughs> That's a gift. I, I saw her eyes. She was, she was like, my mom is next to me. Praise God for clothes right now. <laughs> Praise God. That's a gift. Who in here has been without clothes to wear? I'm not talking about you just have the nicest clothes. Who, who in here has been without clothes? Can you ever remember a time that you've been without clothes? You mean God has clothed you from, from the time you were on this earth? That's a gift. What should we do with that gift? Thank you, Lord. Thank you. See, these are things that we overlook every day. 
Everybody do this, ready? Oh, that oxygen was just a gift. That was a gift. That was a gift. Any, any uh, coarse-haired people happy about hairspray? <laughs> I thought I'd get more response out of the ladies, but uh, yes. It's a gift. You, you think that that's not. Well, you don't have to have it. If you think that it's not, just go home and throw all that stuff away. And, but you have a bunch of stuff at your house. Why? Because to you it's important. And the stuff that you have, it's a gift. You know? Well, I got stuff in my cabinet. Who? And here's the other thing. Who, who got it to the store? Gave somebody the idea to manufacture it in mass quantities so that it would be available for you. That's an idea. Who gave that good idea? God. Thank you, Lord. Who gave that inventor the idea to combine these things so that your technology would improve? God. You know, every bit of wisdom is a good and perfect gift. Just think about this. You know there's more computing technology in this right here than there was that sent men to the moon in that computer. More. It's like, it's like a lot more computing power. And every one of us, for the most part, have one in our pocket. More computing power than what was on the ship that sent them to the moon. That's a lot of technology combined, and you realize that every bit of wisdom that man ha has, it was a gift from God to release it and open it up to give you something that you could talk to other people without wires or cords. Speaking of wires and cords, how about wireless instead of that cord that you tried to stretch around the kitchen and it would tangle up and then you'd spend like 30 minutes untangling the phone and everybody under 30 is like, what is he talking about? Let me tell you, wireless is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's like freedom, you know? With that old cord, you go like 10 feet. <clears throat> you know? Now you can walk all over the house. It's a gift. Well, that's silly, Brian. Is it? I can have communications with people that need the love of God and, and need a touch of God in their life, and I can do that while I'm driving somewhere. I can do that while I'm walking around the house or walk outside. I can do that with freedom instead of just having the only time I can talk to you is when I stay in a 10-foot radius. So now it gives me the ability to talk to people no matter where I am around the world. It's a gift. It might seem small to some people, but it's worthy of thanksgiving. It's worthy of thanksgiving. You know, I, I talked about before, how about this? That pen right there. That's a gift. It helps me do my job better. It's a gift. Well, that's small. We'll try to do your work without one. It's a gift. Go try and fill out an application without it. Well, now they can do it on computers. Okay, then the technology's a gift. It's a gift from God. And when we start looking at that, when you start meditating on what we need to give thanks for, and we start meditating on what good and perfect gifts we actually have in our lives, 
everything changes and you start realizing, I need to give God thanks more. And what happens when you start giving God thanks more, he starts to become more alive in the little things in our lives. And his presence, we start to see his presence in everything. And then when we see his presence, we start to put faith on his presence. And when you put faith on it, what happens? Things start to work better. And it all goes back to thanks. Thanksgiving opens God's presence up to our lives. It opens it up. Let's look at these. And just Psalms 116 thanks the power and command of thanks. Psalms 116, 17. To you I shall offer Talking about to the Lord, I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. To you, I shall offer. You see, this is a choice. See, some people are always waiting for God to blow something out of them. But people that are mature in Christ make choices. Mature people make choices to do what's right. Mature people make choices to do what's right. It's not forced into them. They make the choice to do it. God said, I'll write my law on your heart. In other words, you're not going to have the law anymore. I'm going to write it on your heart because I'm going to show you how to walk more mature. Do it because you want to, not just because somebody's standing over you telling you. Mature people make choices, and right here in this verse, the mature person is making a choice. I shall, I will, I will do this. What will I do? Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And one thing I want you to do is, as we're, this is very interesting, as we're looking through these verses, I want you to notate, you know, you don't have to take a tally of it, but just keep up with how many times the name is mentioned. The name of God, the name of Jesus. Because there's, there's a direct connection with thanksgiving and the name. The name of God. And look right here in this verse. And I shall offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. And you got to, why would thanksgiving and the name go together? We're going to cover that in a little bit. Psalm seven seventeen. I will give, I will, say it with me, I will, one more time, I will. See, it's a choice. Are you going to make a choice beyond today to offer thanksgiving more often? I, I will. I will give thanks to the Lord according to his righteousness, and I will sing praise to the name, the name of the Lord Most High. You know, see, this is it. These are verses written in, in Palms 717. <laughs> These are verses. And, sorry. Did Johnny lose it? Sorry. These are verses that God is saying, this is what we should be doing. This verses that 
that God says we should be doing this. And here's one of the things about thanks. Hear this, hear this. When we start to give thanks, we start to see clear. And without giving thanks, things become muddy. Things become watered down. When we start to give thanks, we see how God wants to be involved in our life, and, and it becomes more real to us. And, but when we don't give thanks, we actually will, th there'll be a corruption of the world that will start to cloud how we see things. And one of the things we're going to look at directly is a lack of thanksgiving puts you in the place where you're primed for deception. And most people are primed for deception because they aren't walking in thanks. But notice that the mature person makes a decision to give thanks. And it's not just sometimes. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 24. All these verses, I want you to look at how many times does God tell us to give thanks? Always give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. Rejoice always. Just look at that. Rejoice always. Rejoice when you're in the valley of the shadow of death. Yes. Rejoice when it doesn't look good. Yes. See, when we're in the midst of a problem and we can put on joy and thanksgiving, uh, that doesn't even make logical sense. But in the spirit, it makes perfect spiritual sense because it, what the, the spirit man does is the spirit man recognizes, I am in a physical problem. I, I don't necessarily see the way out. But I have a connection to a solution whose name is Jesus. And because I have that connection, and he sees me, he knows me, he loves me, he died for me, I know that if I'll take him by the hand, I can be in this valley, but I know that I'm coming out. I know I'm coming out. And so what happens is you're sitting there in the middle of a virus. You're sitting there in the middle of a depression. The verse that she read uh, from Genesis 26 a while ago, there was a famine in the land. But, but Jacob knew, excuse me, it was Isaac there. Isaac knew who he was connected to. And he said, even in the middle of this famine, what idiot in the middle of a famine walks out and still plants seed? Imagine what his, imagine what his neighbors were doing. <laughs> There's a famine going on. It, the world's not working. All the crops are dying. And this dude's out there planting seed. Why? Because he knew who he was connected to. And he knew the blessing of God. Same thing with Noah. They never even seen it rain on the earth. And this guy's building an ark. What is an ark? We never had to have an ark before. And he didn't just do it for a couple of years. He did it for what most scholars say over a hundred years. Hey guys, you need to repent. What are you building? Oh, thanks for telling me I need to repent. What for? It's going to rain. What's rain? What's rain? See, you can be in the midst of a situation, but then you know the goodness. God, and Moses said, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God said, okay, I'll cause all my goodness to pass before you. 
In other words, the essence of who God is, is good. Now see, the world has clouded the waters, and many of us think that God's not bad. And you know why? Because we've not been thankful. We've been walking through the world like expecting that we deserve something. And instead of thanking God for what we already have, we've been like, we've been like, well, he should give it to me. Based on what? Our sin? Our fall? No. It's based on his goodness. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Romans chapter 5. While I was helpless, while I was a sinner, while I was an enemy of God, you sent your son to die for me. That's not based off of anything I brought to the table. That's based solely upon his goodness. And he says, look, my glory is my goodness. It's who I am. It's what I'm made of. And so here's Noah in the midst of what was about to be a world catastrophe. Here's Isaac in the middle of a famine. And they look because of a thankfulness of knowing the goodness of God. They start building. They start planting. And in the midst of catastrophe, here comes God's goodness and says, I'll snatch them right out of the waters. I'll snatch them right out of the famine. And all of a sudden he blesses Isaac in the land a hundredfold that year, not 10 years from now, that year. Not only were they envious of him, if you go back and read Genesis 26, not only that, it says that everybody in the cities around them came up to Isaac and said, uh, you got to leave, you've gotten too powerful. You've gotten too powerful. That's the blessing that's on every believer in God. What? So they can take that power and goodness and be like, oh, look at me, I'm so mighty. No, not even close. So that they can take that goodness and they can serve people with it. They can bring about the abundance of God in those lives. This is why. But see, without being thankful, we'll sit in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, in the middle of the famine, in the, middle, in, the, in the middle of a virus, and we'll be like, oh, God, you're such a... And haven't you seen the world operate like this? But this is not how believers are supposed to operate. We're supposed to operate on a level of hope and a level of thanksgiving. And they'll look at you and say, how can you be thankful in the middle of this? This looks crazy. And you'll say, it's Jesus. And they'll watch. If you really get this in you and you operate in thanksgiving and rejoicing, if you operate like this, you'll be sitting there with them in the valley, but all of a sudden, you'll start to walk out of it. And the ones that are smart, they'll grab that believer by the coattails and say, I'm going with him. I'm going with him. That's what you're designed to do, to take people out of the valley, to let them rise up and grab a hold with the hope of God with you. This is who we're supposed to be. Rejoice sometimes. Rejoice when it looks good. Rejoice when we know who the president's going to be. Uh, rejoice when there's a virus. Rejoice when there's a catastrophe. Rejoice when it's going good. Uh, always. Pray without ceasing. Verse 18. In everything, give thanks. Now, I was not an English major, and uh, you can tell it just by listening to my preaching. <laughs> but let me just ask a question. I think I got this much down. 
Is this a desire or is this a command? It's a command. Now, is Jesus supposed to be our Lord and the director of our life, or is he just a good idea we do when we feel like it? Lord. So is he telling believers here, you know, well, if you feel like it, do this, or is he giving us a way to live, and if he is that good and he gives us this way to live, isn't that going to take us to a better place? Because his goodness and love, if he tells us something, his goodness and love demands that we go to a higher place. We might not can see it from where we're at, but because he is who he is, we can trust it. Because if we trust in his way, we're going to go to a higher place because of his goodness. So he's commanding us here, not just in a few things, but in everything. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Do you see that thanksgiving is attached to God bringing his power into your life and helping you rise up. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete. In other words, every part of you is preserved. Every part of you is protected and made whole. Without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, Faithful is he who calls you. Listen, we're not just operating here based off of everything that you can do. Anybody besides me ever had something and you needed power beyond yourself? Like, what I'm doing has not been working. What I've been doing has not been working. I need help beyond me. So we're not, when we start to give thanks, we're literally tapping into a greater power of God that's greater than who you are. And I need, I've never met anyone in this world who could get everything they needed done all by themselves without God. We've needed something beyond us, and God provided it through his son Jesus. That's part of his goodness. And then he, he says this, so we're not talking about you having it all together. We're talking about the fact that he has it all together. I can be thankful that even though I don't have it all together, he does, and he is faithful to me, even when I haven't been faithful to him. And he also will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. So he gives us a command to always be thankful. Look at this as well. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. The ransomed should give praise and give thanks. I want you to look at these command forms again and kind of see what the the Bible is showing us. He says this, 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, that is, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. In other words, Jesus was our ransom. What does that mean? That means that all of our bad ways and all of our sin and the corruption that was built into the world from sin, that we grew up in this corrupted world, it had us. 
And if, if you're not born again, it still has you. And if you've not renewed your mind, it still has you. But Jesus said, I am the ransom. And when I paid my life, I gave you the power to believe on me. And the grip that that corrupted world and sin had on you has been paid for you to be free. It's been paid. He ransomed us. He paid the ransom. Look at Isaiah 35.10. And the ransomed of the Lord will return and come with joyful shouting to Zion, with everlasting joy upon their heads. Everlasting joy. Everlasting. That means the joy never goes down. It should be on their heads. They will find gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing will flee away. What he's telling us, have you ever, and I, I ask this question quite a lot, but has anybody ever seen a promise in the Bible and you tried to receive something sometime or you tried to walk in it or you finally found a promise and you realized, well, I haven't been walking in this. Everlasting joy here was promised to the ransomed. In other words, there's never a time that I'll face that I don't have joy. That includes when you're in the valley of the shadow of death. That includes when your finances are low and the creditors are calling. That includes when there's a virus. That includes when there's a lockdown. I'll have everlasting joy. That's the hope that's supposed to be in Christ. But see, just because it's promised doesn't mean that every believer walks in it. You've got to see those things and believe, and that belief is faith, and it says this is the victory that will overcome the lack, even our faith. So when we put faith, belief, trust in Jesus Christ as our ransom, we'll step into the place where now we can walk in a joy that we haven't had before. We can walk in that place. God wants us to walk, but I want you to see in, this, in these verses, what is he telling us about the ransomed of the Lord? What should the ransomed of the Lord be doing? What is the proper response of the ransomed of the Lord? To praise God and to give him thanksgiving and to walk in the joy of the Lord. It should be all the time. Do I have any people that are ransomed of the Lord today? What should you be walking in? Joy, praise, thanksgiving. James 1.17, why? Because every good gift is from him. Ephesians 5.18 and 20. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Verse 20, he's given us some commands here. Always, say it with me, Always giving thanks for all things. Always giving thanks for all things. So no matter what situation, you can give thanks. And, and let me just point this out. Give thanks for what? Everything. Does that mean that, that mean that you give God thanks for the valley of the shadow of death? Or you give God thanks... Uh, no, you give God thanks in the middle of it because even in the middle of this, you're about to deliver me. Yeah. You're going to be you, God. You're going to be a good God, a loving Father. Then in the middle of it, it's going to take me to triumph. 
You're going to do it. And I can give you thanks because you're not going to leave me here. You're not going to leave me here. But his command again is always give thanks. Verse Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Do you realize uh, in our prayers, all of our prayers are supposed to have thanksgiving that accompanies it. Every one of them. See, a lot of times when people pray, they'll say, well, Lord, I just ask that you help me in Jesus' name. Amen. There's no thanksgiving there. And here's the thing about thanksgiving. You start getting in, hear this. When you start getting into thanksgiving, you start expecting something. A prayer is supposed to be with an expectation that God's going to bring it about. And so when I pray, I start thanking him because I know he's about to do what I'm praying over. If I'm praying over what the Bible says I can have, I know he's going to bring it about because he's a good God who loves me and he loves you. And if he's given you a promise, he'll bring it about. Stand on it in faith, with thanksgiving, in everything. Remember, this section is always give thanks. Every prayer should be with thanksgiving. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. We talked about this verse at the beginning of the year, talking about it, and, and talking about the shaking that was happening. And saying that, look, there's a shaking that's happening in the world right now. You see it in the world. You see it in churches. There's a shaking that's happening. Anybody noticed it? Anybody pick up on it? Yeah? There's a shaking that's happening. And what's going to happen? We already know what's going to happen. I saw a meme uh, uh, in the last day or so, last 24 hours. It said, and it held a Bible up, and it said people don't realize it, but right now, everything that's happening has already been told about in the book. It's already been prophesied. It's all in there, and it's coming to pass in front of their eyes, but many people don't realize that's actually what's going on. They think, they're not even thinking about that, but it's all been written right here, and it's coming to pass right in front of our eyes. One of those things is a shaking. And what it says about that shaking right here in Hebrews 12 is it says that the things that aren't of God will be shaken away. But the things that are of God, of his kingdom, of his goodness, they will stand. Now is not a time to not be in God. Now is a time more than ever to make sure that you are in him because you don't want to be shaken away. And if you're in him, you won't be. But if you're not in him, there's no promise of that. He says this. He says, therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude or thankfulness. Let us show thanksgiving by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. See, if we're trying to go through this mess and go through a shaking and go through any kind of challenge, not just 2020, any kind of challenge in your life, and you're not walking with gratitude and thanksgiving, we're not going to be able to give an acceptable service. Our service won't be with reverence. It won't be with awe because we've got no thanksgiving that, that accompanies it. 
But we're supposed to walk even in the midst of a shaking, even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. Lord, I praise you. I thank you. I give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remember in Acts, the two guys were telling people about Jesus. Government officials come and they beat them up, you know, because they didn't listen to the government officials, but they listened to God more. Remember that? You know, people want to say be wise. Wisdom is following the Lord. It's not being rebellious. But if government is contradicting God, he's the one who's on my throne. And, and you have to understand. So they were out preaching Jesus when they told him. We'll actually get to a couple of these verses. They were preaching Jesus in the name. The government said don't do that. They did it anyway. Apparently God didn't care. Because he saves them. They go into the midst of the dungeon. They go into the midst of the dungeon. They're sitting in the middle, the depths of it. What do they start doing in the dark? While they were beat, they start praising him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. What happened? There comes a shaking. There comes a shaking. There comes a shaking. And all the bondages fell off. All the, all the binds, all the chains, they broke. And not only were Paul and Silas, Acts 16, I believe, not only was Paul and Silas set free, but every prisoner around them was set free. Because in the middle of the darkness, in the middle of the attack, they didn't forget to give thanks. It was who they were. It came out of them because when they got pressed, Thanksgiving was who they were. Are you a person of thanks? And you can't be a person of thanks when you only give thanks for the big things. You've got to give thanks at all times. Why? Because, because the things that are happening are pleasant to the flesh? No, because no matter where I am, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's happening in the world, I'm connected to a God that is worthy of praise, a Lord who's worthy of thanksgiving, and he will draw me out. But I've got to do things his way. If I keep trying to do things my way or the world's way, they're not going to work. I, he's given us a book that works. Just a couple of weeks ago, we're getting ready to walk out. Four miracles. Boom, 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 boom. Four miracles. People, the one lady, I've had this pain for over 20 years. She told me later, I was dancing through Walmart. She had pain in her knee. Dancing, 20 years, miracle. See, we don't need what our wisdom has taken us to. We need the wisdom of God, and he's written it in this book. And what, he, what has he told us? Give thanks. See, the issue is we simply have to decide who's the Lord of our life. Are we going to let God be, or are we going to be? That's the issue. So most people want to be their own boss. That's the same problem that happened in the garden, and that's why the sin and corruption came in. They didn't want to leave God on the throne of their life. And the same issue now, that's what we're deciding. Lord, are you on the throne in my life? Are you my Lord for real? Or am I going to do things I think I need to do, the world thinks I need to do? Or are we going to listen to what he's already told us to do? Because either we live by this and he's our Lord or we make excuses and he's not. And this is the area when we get up to heaven, he says, many will say, say to me, Lord, Lord, 
And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. You didn't make me Lord of your life. You just claimed me, kind of put me on your resume, checked the box, maybe said a prayer and felt some emotions one day, but you never made me the Lord of your life. See, when he's our Lord, we'll have thanksgiving all the time. Many people, they're facing that challenge today. What they're really finding out is Jesus has not been Lord of their life. And I think 2020 is revealing that more than ever before. Is he hasn't been Lord. He's been a check the box on Sunday morning and feel good about myself because I think I'm doing the right things. But we haven't been living by that way. One of the things he shows us all throughout his word is if he's Lord, we are giving him thanks all the time. It's a command. Thank you, Lord. How can you thank the Lord in the middle of that? Because I know who he is. I know his goodness. I know his mercy, and I need his help. I can't do this by myself. Right now, even as I'm preaching this online in this room, right now, people are deciding and making decisions about how he's going to be Lord from this day forward. Give yourself to the Lord. He is so worthy of putting your trust in. This world, one thing that has been revealed more than ever before this year is that there has been an indoctrination of anti-Christ, of anti-godly principles that has been put into this country. I'm, I'm talking about an indoctrination. And many of us have fallen prey to it, even sitting in this room that's been going to this church for a long period of time. We don't realize how much we've been indoctrinated. And let me, let me give you an example of that. Is this true? Is this word true? Yeah, it is. And we've watched it. We've seen the power of God. You know, when, when this word starts breaking physical laws, you start to see which power is higher. I'm standing in front of you because one day God broke a physical law, did a miracle, or else I would have been, they wouldn't have found me. There was, would have been an explosion between gas and fire. But that morning, my dad's sitting in his study. The Lord speaks to him and says, your children are in danger. Pray for them. Pray for them. Well, that afternoon, I'm, I'm sitting over fire, and, and, or I'm sitting over a puddle of gas and gas cans all around me open, and uh, I, I won't go into all the details, but I thought I need to clean up my mess, so I thought, let's burn it. So I go get matches, try to burn the fire off, and if you know anything about fire and gas, it's not the liquid that catches it's the mixture of the fumes and the oxygen and so i'm standing a little bit i'm right over it but i'm standing. as soon as i lit that the whole thing should have blown up i light it it should have gone right then i take the match down to the puddle of gas and it goes out i started to light that i was like 12 don't 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 get on to me i started to light the second one my mom realized her 12-year-old or 11-year-old somewhere in there came, came and asked her for matches. It clicked. She runs to the door, and I'm starting to light the second one. I'm, you know, can you imagine what the angel was doing? Like, stop, you stupid kid. You know, <laughs> I just put the other one out. Golly, you know. And all of a sudden, my mom goes, stop. So I stopped. I said, what? The first one already went out. Now, it didn't hit me at 12 that a miracle had just happened. 
But I'm telling you, when the power of this word and a promise that your kids will be protected starts to supersede the physical laws of this earth, you start to figure out which one's actually in control. When a sickness is healed, when legs grow out, when a 26-year-old problem and pain in your knees is instantly gone, you start to realize there's a power that's greater than logic. There's a power than earthly logic. There's a power that's greater. And so this word you've got to decide is either true or not to you. You've got to decide those things. And this is what's happening this year as people are deciding what do they believe in. Never in my life, never in my life did I think we would get to a place where I thought we'd be so close that people would take the mark of the beast. Boy, has 2020 changed my mind on that. And we're not there, you know, it's not, it, we're not at the mark, you know, time. We're really close. But this isn't it. Not yet. But my point is this. Man, I never thought, especially in America, especially in America, I never thought that people would just hand over their rights and hand over themselves, you know, just to do that. Not, it takes some time. I'm telling you, we slipped into that time. The people are primed to take the mark all around the country, all around the, all around the world. All around the world. We've got to decide who do we trust. Who's our Lord in our life? And we've got to realize we've been indoctrinated with a corruption. And the only way to come out of that corruption is to study this word and get in this word. Now, I was raised in a Christian home. I was raised in a Christian family. And, and I was, you know, I, 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 my dad was a pastor. I grew up, you know, I was... At that same age, about 12, laying hands on people and watching feet grow out in miracles. Some of you have heard that story. I was 12, so I grew up in this. And I remember one time, you know, I, was, I didn't realize how much I'd been indoctrinated. And this is just a little example. But I was sitting with my pastor as an adult. We were sitting in his car right outside the church. And I was talking to him about, I forget what the subject was, but I remember this statement came out of my mouth. Well, we are, you know, talking about humans. We are animals. And my pastor, you know, he was so gentle and kind. He said, no, we aren't. And it, his abruptness stunned me. I was like, well, we're in the animal kingdom. You know, what is it, homo sapien. We're, we're, we're in the animal kingdom. He goes, no, we're not. Like, I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And then he takes me back to Genesis, where it says, and God made all the animals. And then he got to the sixth day, and he made man in the image and likeness of God. We are not in the animal kingdom. All the animals were already made. And I realized at that moment, because the word was always precious to me, and that helped. Having this as a standard helped me. Because in that moment, I could change my belief and my doctrine just like that. But I realized in that moment, I've been indoctrinated. I've been taught that this is the truth, and it's not a truth. Is it close? Does it look like it matches? Yeah, in worldly logic, it looks like it matches. 
But this is truth, and the truth will set you free. This is ultimate, absolute truth, not worldly logic. This is. And this will set people free. And I'll tell you, all my life I've watched as this word of God that's alive and living has been applied in the lives of people. And I've watched it set them free. I've watched the dead come back to life. Not physically possible. I've watched fire go out when physical law says I should have been blown up. I've watched it as legs grow within about five seconds, a half inch. I've watched the power of God heal knees and I've seen people's lives completely change. Change so much that people around them start to go, I don't know what's going on with you, but Jesus must be real because that person would have never said those things, never acted like that. And change families and homes. There's a power that's higher than earthly logic. And the power that's higher than earthly logic says to us, we should be giving thanks. Always. Why? Because always, if you're in the family of God and you've been ransomed by Him, by Christ, there's a reason to give thanks. Because I might not be able to see anything. I might be in the darkest depths of a dungeon and in the hold. I might be in chains and bound. And you know, some of these chains, they're not ones you can see. They're in our mind. They're in fear. And yeah, you can't see physical chains on me, but, but we've been bound and held up. And I might be in the deepest, darkest place. I might be struggling at night, struggling with maybe a foot in the world and a foot in God. And it's the worst place ever I can be. And I'm sitting there. But there, even in that physical bondage, even in that earthly uh, contraption made to hold me, designed to keep me there, there is a truth that if you walk in it, it will set you free. And his name is Jesus. And he doesn't tell us those things to put us in bondage he tells us to bring us life and life in abundance and when we receive him and I can be sitting there and I can just start to say Lord I feel this way I feel horrible I feel bound I feel like I, I can't do it anymore but I can say but I know who you are I know who you are and Lord, even in the midst of how I feel right now, bound up and in bondage, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, you're not going to leave me here. Thank you, Lord, you're setting me free. Thank you for Jesus that when I was bound and helpless, he came and he gave his life. He put himself in bondage so that I could be free. Thank you, 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 thank you. And all of a sudden, the power of God comes into your life. There's a power in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is recognizing where your help comes from. It's not from within me by myself. It's in me because the kingdom's within me through Jesus Christ. No matter where I've been, no matter how I felt, if I'll start recognizing where my help comes from, and I'll start recognizing that my help is present now. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That even when in Matthew 11, even when the burden, even when the burden is so hard and heavy, 
He says, come to me. Come to me. Serena, go ahead. Even when the burden is hard and heavy, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In other words, you'll have stuff to do, but it'll never be like the bondages of the world. Have you ever seen when you started doing things God's way, things that you thought would be so hard in God, and yet it just turns easy? It just, who's seen that? Things, even, you know, for me, I remember when I used to drink and I used to smoke cigarettes and stuff like that, like I thought giving this up would be so hard and so difficult. And then I turned to the Lord, and as I put my life in his hand, it didn't go hard and difficult, it went easy and light. And then there was a, there was a, a drunk in the Holy Ghost with no hangover. There was a power of God, a joy of the Lord. I laughed more in the Holy Ghost than I ever laughed in the world. And it was more real. And I didn't have dry mouth and headaches the next day. Much better. And I didn't wonder where I was or what I did. Much better. Just close your eyes right now. You know, every one of us here, in here today, you're underneath light bulbs and in the light. It's not a physical shadow in this room. But spiritually, you, you could be bound up. Spiritually, you could be like what I was saying earlier. Lord, I, I, I don't know how to help myself. And you put on a good face. I just sense that somebody's, somebody is hearing this message. You put on a good face during the day, but you're having a hard time at night. Thank you, Lord, for revealing that. You're having a hard time. And when you're alone, the devil's been just beating you up beating you up trying to keep you in bondage he's held you in bondage to many things over the years but you put on a good face but it's not working but I know a savior that when he came into the earth the angels had no other choice but to present themselves in their glory and shout to all of humanity I bring you great tidings good tidings of great joy for today has been born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord there's a man that was born of God whose name was Jesus who is a Savior and will save you from that, those things, from that bondage. And here's the thing. I would say if you can find it within you to give thanks, but see, it's not just within you. If you simply turn your heart to him, simply turn your heart to him and say, Lord, I want to thank you. 
and you mean that with your heart, God will see that. You call upon his name, Jesus, help me. I want to thank you. God will invade your heart and your strength and give you the strength to start stepping out a life after him. And the bondage that has eaten you up and, and worn away at your life, it will cease to be. If that's you today and you're saying, Lord, I, I need your help today. I need your help. If that's you, I, you can be online, you can be in here. I just online put a hands up in the comments or in here, just raise your hand. Lord, I need your help today. I need it. Amen. I see those. Keep them up so I can see them. Amen. Lord, I need your help. I'm ready to come out of this for good. I am ready. Amen. I'm ready to come out. Just keep them up for a minute so I can see them. Lord, I need you. I need your help. It's not about politics. It's not about a virus. This is me and you, Lord. And you'll help me in all of that. You can put them down for now. But if you, if you feel that need, Lord, I need your help. I want you to raise your hand and uh, let me see it and then I'll... You don't have to hold it up forever, but you can keep doing it if you feel it after this or sense it. And the devil's like, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you embarrass yourself. I just rebuke that spirit of fear. That is not from God. God's sitting here with his hand out. The Bible says if you take him by the hand, he will lead you to victory and triumph. If that's you today, I'm, uh, Lord, I've been in bondage. I've been in fear. And this doesn't just go out, you know, to people that are, are visiting. This goes out to people that have been here for years. I've had a bondage. And I need God's help. And you might not even know the, what it's called. You might just know, you might just be sitting there going, I don't know what I need. I just know I need something. You don't have to have all the answers. And that doesn't make you a horrible person. Every person in this room has had stuff that they've walked through. And if they walk through it properly, it's always been with God. And today is your day of victory. Today is your day of triumph. Today is your day where you'll have something to give thanks for again. Because everything changes. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Lord, today's my day. I'm changing. I'm not walking through it anymore. Amen. Anybody else? Multiple people, people all over raising their hand. Thank you, Father. I see those. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Today you're going to break through. It's going to be a day of thanks. Not just in your life, but this whole body of Christ is going to thank God with you. I, know, I can just sense it. I know that there's even more. God doesn't release that kind of anointing in a message when he doesn't mean business to come and help you out. He wants to help you. You have a Lord that loves you, that is full of glory and goodness. And he wants to help you this morning. And today is your day in him.
I want you just, if you've raised your hand at all during this whole time, I want you to raise it again now so I can see everybody. Just hold it up high enough so I can see it. Amen. Amen. I see those. Anyone else? Keep it up just for a second so I can see everybody. Thank you. Amen. Glory to God. Now, as I want you to know that even if you hadn't raised it, your hand yet, you can keep on raising it. You don't have to stop just because I change gears. You can step out, take Christ by the hand, and everything changes. Now, if you raised your hand, I want you to just stand on your feet real quickly. And I see you. Don't make me call you out. I saw everybody. Stand on your feet. Today is my day of change. Just give my hand. Amen. Come on up. Come on up here real quick. Thank you, Lord. Give my hand. Amen. That's that's victory today. It's like I was preaching to this side of the room, apparently. Let's center them up, guys. Hallelujah. Now, if you need to get up here, don't let the devil hold you in bondage. Just everybody close your eyes one more. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Lord, right now, let every person be strengthened. Lord, we just come against a spirit of fear that would hold them, try to hold them back from the very health that they need all of you guys up here if somebody needs to come on even though you're not up here yet come on come on now if you're online and you haven't put a hand up in the comments make it public Lord I need your help that's not a show of weakness that's a show of strength I want you to know that's saying that's a big person that says I can't do this by myself Lord I need you that's a big person and I commend every one of you that are standing up here it's the power of God, and today your life is going to change. Do you receive it? Just say it with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're going to touch my life, and my life is going to change today. Thank you, Father. If you need to come on up, come on up. Jesus doesn't want you to be in bondage. He's tired of seeing you. Can you imagine a father? Can you imagine a dad, a mom, seeing their kid that they love so much in, in turmoil, in turmoil, bound up with all of the devil's garbage? He wants you to be free. You know, it says perfect love casts out all fear. Fear is a spirit and fear is a bondage. And perfect love casts it out. That means that God doesn't want any of his children made in his image and likeness. He wants none of them bound up by that fear ever. But joy and thanksgiving on their lives all the time. He wants you free. I just sense this. And, and here's, bless you. This is some, let me just give you this. This is what, have you ever felt like? Because there's somebody else either watching or here or something. There's something 
And the Lord, this is the Lord giving you a specific word to help you. You ever felt like, I just know something's not right. Something's not right. It shouldn't be like this. And what it is, there's a spiritual bondage you can't put words on. You can't put words on it. You don't know how to explain it. If I asked you to tell me what was wrong, you wouldn't even be able to tell me. You wouldn't even be able to tell me. You just know something's not right. Generally, that's a spiritual bondage. I'm not talking about health problems, although that can be like that too. I'm talking about I need, I need the freedom of God, the freedom that only He can bring and only He knows. And so I invite you, if you have that going on, God's say, having me say it just like that to connect with you so that you know that's me and I need, I need your freedom. That's Him personally inviting you and saying, I want you up here because I want you free. I don't, I don't like seeing you in bondage. So come on up now. Put your hands up in the comments if you're online. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Don't be afraid. Jesus loves you, and he's got great plans for your life. He's taking you to new places. 